you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Tattoos and Jesus. Here are your hosts, Marty Height and the lovely, the beautiful, the Hawaiian shirt-wearing Josh Martin. Did that have an R in in the the word? <laughs> Hawaiian? Yeah. Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Hawaiian wearing. new style. Listen, DJ Moore for Mike Williams, huh? Listen, you said you uh, you said if you want to do business, you want Charger guys. They they are projected at the same numbers, same percentage scores. They're so it's a, it's a pretty equal swap if you want a Chargers player that you touted very highly. <clears throat> well, I just denied it, so you denied it? <laughs> just to collide your tray. How are you going to deny I'll it? I'll rebuttal it. I'm going to rebuttal it. Look, just, I'll rebuttal before the end of the podcast. We'll see We'll see if we get a deal done here. Do I get a, an update that it's rejected? Yeah, it'll tell you it was declined. In an email? And now on your phone. <laughs> your proposed trade has been rejected. So how was, okay, Marty, so let's let's talk. How was wanna, your first week of fantasy <clears throat> football here's here's the thing two weeks ago or three weeks ago i could not have cared less about fantasy football i've never played fantasy football i've never been involved i could not care and my wife literally had to sit me down sunday night and say marty you're in a bad mood what's wrong and it was because my fantasy football team was sucking I am so mad this week. It's not even funny. I had the number one projected team in the league, in our fantasy league. I have um, it's an amazing, talented, and every one of them flopped on Sunday. Everybody except Josh Allen and Cooper Cup. They're the only two people that gave me any points on Sunday. Everyone else was bust. Everyone. <clears throat> the Cowboys, atrocious. Welcome to fantasy football. Man. Wide receiver for the Chargers, atrocious. Welcome to fantasy football, man. My you, kicker you hit the high did better and the low in one weekend because coming off a of Thursday night, it looked like you were unstoppable. Yeah, and then Sunday hit, and it's like, man, the projection said I had like an eighty-nine percent chance of winning, and I lost. You can't, you can't trust the projections. The projections are based on expected performance of the players. The players underperformed. So what you're telling me is I'm angry. You are now in this. You You are fully I don't know what pisses me off more. The fact that my team sucks or the fact that you were right. About you said one of two things is gonna happen. Either you're gonna not care at all or you're gonna be overly competitive. <clears throat> well, from the first three minutes of this podcast, it seems like we got our answer. <laughs> so, 
I'm here's, telling you. But here's what realistically could happen, though, is if I continue to fail, if I continue to just suck, it'll quit being as challenging. But like, if I get some wins, like if I make some moves and like get a couple, get a couple W's, right, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> make some good shifts, pays off. That like, that'll keep me going. But if no matter what I do, it goes defunct. It's going to be a lot harder for me to care. <clears throat> like I'll play, but like I I need I need some victories. Yeah, you just got to make the playoffs. <clears throat> if you make the playoffs, it's anybody's ball game. Yeah, that's the nature of it. So, I still I don't I shouldn't have lost this week. I should this shouldn't be an L. I shouldn't have had to take an L this week. You. We'll we'll talk next week. We're just I'm just glad that the <clears throat> that the people get to see and hear, like, just this is this is fantasy up. football. This is fantasy football at its finest. You know what I want to talk highs about? Highs and lows, baby. The highs and lows. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about you. I want, no, I want to talk about coffee. Let's hear it. We haven't talked about coffee in a long time since the last episode. Correct. Should we confess what we've done? I mean, you you just pretty much confess without confessing. So go ahead. Uh, and so, t- when I say, "Let me confess what we've done," let me confess what Marty did. <clears throat> We're recording the week this podcast is dropping. So if you're listening to us on Friday, Thursday the fifteenth, or Friday the sixteenth, I think those are the dates. Well, like we're recording on the 13th because Marty and Josh recorded an amazing episode last week. Great topic, great discussion, deep, meaningful, provocative, influential, if you will, and fantastic coffee review. And I recorded it incorrectly in the audio. Indeed, you did. <clears throat> so we still have it. Like we may release it at some point. But it sounds like you're listening to us have a conversation in a warehouse. Yeah, it's bad. It sounds like we set the microphone right in the middle of the room, and mm-hmm. it just echoes all around. Yeah. So we're we're redoing it this week, and we're, and since we have better equipment, our standards have just went up. Like if this was a year ago, we'd have published that beast. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I, our first five po- podcasts actually sounded like. So yeah, if I go back and listen, I wonder what it would be. So what we have? What we got we here, have Marty? A, a, a coffee that we tried for the first time last week, and so it's hard to recreate mm-hmm. the initial reaction. But here's the here's the gist of it: because this coffee's amazing. Yeah, I can't have that first sip feeling live, right? Got it saved on the other podcast. But here's what this: if I was creative, I could be a here flashback, boom, and you could get that first sip feeling. We could cut and paste it. However. So there is a new coffee and creamery um, store in Cowpens. It's called Cowpens Coffee and Creamery. It's good. It is. <clears throat> so good. in the store, they sell Dynamite Roasting Company. And so I've, me, my wife, my son, we have been there too many times recently to grab some ice cream. And I was talking to one of the owners, um, and she and I explained that I did a podcast. We reviewed coffee, and she was like, "Hey, I would try this." Throw it on the podcast. See what it's see what it's about. It's like, hey, deal. Um, and so this is the Dynamite Roasting Company Daymaker Blend. Um, it's a light dark blend. And so this is 
all right, so before we talk about this coffee, um, Josh and I actually had plans to go up there, hang out, grab a cup of coffee at the Cowpens Coffee and Creamery, and we actually were doing that one day, and it was closed because the um, the owners, the operants of the store had COVID, and so they had to shut like daytime operations down. Um, and so we're just going to go ahead and review it. But Josh and I still plan to run up there, hang out at the place, even though I've hung out there several times, um, and just check the place out because it's everything that I would want in a coffee shop, right? So like you go to like a Starbucks or these high-end coffee shops, they're amazing. Like I don't dislike them, but it's like there is a lot of coffee goodness there, right? What I love about Calpin's Coffee and Creamery is that it's a it's a perfect blend for the family. Like it's comfortable. If you want to come chill, write a paper, do some homework, it's great. But if you also want to walk outside, play cornhole, do karaoke, you can hang, chill, have fun. They've got a ton of ice cream flavors, so you can have ice cream in the summer. But then they also have like a decent coffee selection. So like they're going to be relevant in the winter when you want to go and hang out someplace, grab a cup of joe. And so to me, like that is what I would want in a small town coffee shop. Like, it's just, it's perfect. So, like, a lot of coffee shops have the coffee, but not much to offer in the summertime unless you want, like, a Frappuccino or a cold brew. And then, uh, you know, in the summertime, a lot of people don't want a coffee. And they want, you know, so it's just, like, to me, it's the best of both worlds. Not everybody's coffee lovers. You're not a coffee lover? Banana split time. That's my plug. I'm a big fan of them. I mean, I'm down. Maybe they'll let us do a live podcast there. Oh, no doubt. We could rent the place out I'm for gone. free because we're broke. What? <laughs> so anyway, you're over there sipping on this coffee. Mm. What? What's your thoughts on the? Oh wait, wait, the name. I didn't tell you the name. This is the vibrant jammy chocolate. Jammy. Vibrant jammy chocolate. Well, we realized last week jammy actually does mean like jam flavored, right? Yeah. Because on the back, the little description, it says, a smooth and exciting blend of light roasted, naturally processed, and dark roasted Central American coffees. Daymaker is the perfect balance between bright, sparkling fruit and deep, roasty flavors that will get you up and ready to make the most of your day. That sounded like a radio voice when I said that. Yeah. I I feel like we, we could. Do you think we could do a radio show? I feel like we could. We I mean, could really, anybody I think can, we can do, do one. It. Can we do a successful one? I think we could. Well, I could be playing some jams. Like we could, we can mix it up. A little worship. What what little type of DJ? R&B. What type of DJ would you be? Because you know, there's the late night guys. There's the morning show guys. There's like the afternoon guys. Like what? Which DJ would you be? So here's my thing. Mm. Here's my thing. I would be close to. Like, do you remember back in the day when you had to burn CDs mm-hmm. and you only had a certain amount of era. yeah, and LimeWire, and you only had a certain amount of songs you could put on the CD? So then, a majority of your CD is just this random mix of just whether it's it goes from worship to nineties R and B to. 90s alternative to rap like this that that would be my my niche was it last week gonna randomly throw in like jam like kind of like my random bangers list yes yeah but your random bangers list could really use some upkeep but (laughs) 
Yeah, just like that. But I feel like morning time's perfect for that because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You never know. what. Like, I don't want to play, like, the trendy radio songs. Like, I'm going to throw in, like, your original. Like, we could call it. <clears throat> you're a Steve CD. FM guy. You're Steve FM. Who was that? You know that there's a radio, there's a, a channel around here. I think in Columbia it was called Steve FM. It's still around here, and it's just completely random songs, but they're all hits. Gotcha. Like, there's no genres. There's no, yeah. There's not a whole lot of commentary. It's just all music all the time, all different genres, and it's all, like, top 50 songs. But, see, I feel like we could do, like, we could talk. Yeah, randomly have random conversations. We like throw pause in, in like the middle of this three, bridge. And throw in this dad joke. <laughs> yeah, like three three songs in. It's like I don't know, like Pony by Genuine, <clears throat> How He Loves, and then <laughs> three a.m. by Matchbox Twenty, and then it comes back to us just like talking about fantasy football and coffee. I mean, I mean, I can see it. So what you're saying is like it would literally have the vibe of us in this room right here. Yeah. Like it yeah, doesn't. This is it, us. It yeah. feels like something that you did in your parents' basement. Yeah. Burn CD radio. Burn CD radio. Burn CD radio. Oh, so my goodness. If anybody wants to capitalize on this idea, please reach out to large23 on Sweet Week <laughs> at Yahoo. Because if Dot there's com. ever an email address for the Burn CD Radio, it's large23 no on Yahoo.com. No doubt. That'd be fun. Josh, now that you've explored other genius ideas, what's your thought on this coffee? Uh, 7-2. Seven 7-2. Two. Seven two. Mm-hmm. It's good. All right, so we score coffee on a scale of 1 to 10, 5 being mediocre or average. All right, you're giving this bad boy a 7-2. Which is good. Which is pretty much what you gave it last week. Um, It hasn't changed. Because last week, what stood out is typically when we drink a coffee, you rank it higher than I do. But the longer I drink this coffee, the more I love it. Mm -hmm. I think we both agree. Like it just, It's robust. It's that dark medium flavor, which is our sweet spot. Like We love those. Um, and like, I desperately want to be sitting on the front porch of a cabin, snow falling in the distance, two Hmm. fawns playing with their mother, small children making snowman, biting the tip off the carrot, sticking it on to be Frosty's (laughs) nose, two buttons for eyes. And I'm sitting there in red flannel, sleeping pants, drinking the Daymaker Medium dark roast, jammy chocolate blend. I'm debating on whether to say something or not. I've had too I'm, much coffee I'm today. Gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Anyway, I I'm give it an eight one. I love it. I'm giving it an eight one. What was the well? So what's the combined score? Seven six five. So it's a seven six five. Final final score, which is, if you listen to this show, is a fantastic score. 765 is really great. <clears throat> Anything that we put at 8 or above, which I put the, personally put this one above an 8, is top shelf. Delicious, really good. If you have a chance to go grab it and you like a medium dark roast, 100% think this will knock your socks off. Use the And then when you go up there, say, I have a discount code of T&J, right. and they'll give you a all of... Zero percent discount. So, and they will laugh at you and give you a free sample of ice cream. So, Marty, here's the thing. 
we were talking, <laughs> and I would love to hear. So, for everybody who doesn't know, let's let's let you in on the lives of lives of Marty and Josh. <laughs> Usually, every Monday for lunch, we go to we go eat at this Mexican restaurant. <laughs> During this lunch, there's no telling really what's talked about. But yesterday, it's it's show prep. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Marty informs me that he told a story wrong and that his yes. sister corrected him. And I didn't tell you how. And he hasn't told me how. He didn't want to rob the organic flavor of the podcast. So That's what right. so what happened here? So okay, so here's my question. Should I just tell you or should I try to call my sister on air to see if she will explain what happened? Do you think she will answer, number one? There's only one way to find out. If not, I just tell the story. Yeah, if not, you just edit this part out and tell the story. <laughs> That's right. All right, let me see if she'll answer really quick. Hello? Hey, are you busy? No. What's up? Listen, I have a question. Uh, I'm sitting here with Josh, and we're getting ready for the podcast. And I was trying to remember. I told him, like I told you, that I screwed up the story of of that guy terribly. Terribly. So when we told that when a few weeks ago, is there a child dying in the background? It's just Micah. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about how I catfished some guy and got him go to the clock in Greenville for a date. And yeah. you had some additional memories of that experience. Please remind me. Okay. I that wrong. Um, his name is Robert, not Tony. It was my phone that you used. I was the one that took the picture of it. And I showed everybody on vacation because I thought it was hilarious, which it was. But then I showed you the picture of my phone. You're like, oh, well, let's just text him. And you texted him from my phone, which made me feel uber vulnerable. And then when he called because he was at the clock and I wasn't, he fat-fingered the number and dialed mom's phone since our, our numbers are only That's right. Mom's. He accidentally <laughs> called mom's phone just because he misdialed your number. Exactly. Which creeped all of us out. Right. And he left that message. Hey, this is Robert. I'm at the clock. Let me know if you're going to make it. Whatever. Um, what else did you get wrong? <clears throat> that was pretty much it. Yeah. It was I mean, pretty, much the, pretty much the entire story is wrong. No, I used Ma- Manda's name and information, and then he misdialed, and that explains more why Dad got mad. I would hope so. Young single daughter. I didn't give him your address. Still, it just, it was so creepy. And you just kept going, man, it's no big deal. I'll just block it when I'm done screwing with you. <laughs> oh, all right. There's the correction. There you go, Josh. Good uh, night. I listened to the podcast. Like, hey. This kid's smoking. Look, so we are. Can you hear, Josh? Can you hear me? A little bit. Uh,. So Marty lied once again and messed the the story up. You are currently live on the podcast, so everything you just said was recorded. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> it's too late. He can hang himself. I have fully. You just you were live on the podcast. You just told the whole story to everybody. We appreciate your honesty. Oh well, good. 
So look forward to this week's episode where you can hear yourself. Okay. On speakerphone through a microphone. Great. All right. Muchos gracias. Bye. See ya. Well, so there you have it. So you pretty literally, you literally got the entire story wrong. I did get the whole story wrong. I catfished the guy. I used somebody's phone with a female you, voice and contacted the guy and set up a date. But you the didn't get the only thing I got wrong was whose phone the, I used. She got you. The way you <clears throat> told the story was, you saw it on the back of this car. You texted off of your mom's no. phone. And you set I your said mom somebody up. Said, I t- I and said, the reality is, your I sister know. did everything. That. You're right. She's to blame for all of this. <laughs> no, she's... No, the creepy part now that when she told me... She called me the other day and told me, like, Marty, you've missed some stuff. And at first she was like, did you intentionally miss this just to, like, protect the innocent? And I was like, no. Uh, was one, the dude's name was Robert. So Bobby. Oh, yeah. Whoever she's, old Bobby she's is. Straight, she straight <laughs> put that man on blast. First uh, and last names. So. Old Bobby. But no, the, um, the part that is missed is that... Um, is that he just the only thing that we can guess is that in an attempt to call my sister, he accidentally called my mom's number because we have the same sequence of numbers. So my mom, dad, me, and my sister, we all have the exact same phone number, and just the last digit changes. Yeah, that's how that's how my family was. <clears throat> and okay. so my mom is was it four six four, four seven four eight four. So mom is like four eight. Amanda is four nine, and I'm five zero. Oh, but and my dad is five seven, so it's the last two digits are four seven four eight four nine five zero, oh. and so um, he just did a a nine instead of an eight, which is an under. So we're assuming he just accidentally misdialed, but since we're in a sequence, he anyway. That was the creepy part. That was super creepy when that happened because like, how did this guy know like? my mom's phone number thank you for clarifying the details on that yeah. story because that story does make it extremely creepy <laughs> and fits a lot more in this whole like catfish thing that we were talking about there. yeah it but, was because i had a friend that called and was like how old was marty when he did this <laughs> really yeah it was okay. So that's the other thing we thought about. So I know the lake house we were at, and I think we, I only, I think they went to that lake twice. I only think I went once. And so I believe it was, and that's the year that I had my engagement ring because I showed, because it was right before I proposed to my wife. So I had the engagement ring with me and I showed my family. And I want to say I only was there one time at that house when that happened. And I proposed to her. In um, July 4th, 2011, because we got married in 2012. And so, I believe it was 11 years ago. Gotcha. So, early 20s. Early 20s. Early 20s, you set your sister up to be Mm -hmm. possibly on the... Milk cartons everywhere. Predator predator list. Um, Yeah. Because this guy was this guy was asking for it. What um, I'm just I'm just trying to be honest, man. I mean, what, we don't all yeah. make the best decisions. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we still can't laugh at them. That is true. Do you want to hear point. about another stupid thing that happened to me this weekend? 
I mean, did I tell you, you this well, yesterday? Uh, I'm questioning every story from here on out that it's <laughs> actually true. So, my gas station story. Did I tell you this? The what? What I did at a gas station on Saturday, heading to a, a reunion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. So, <clears throat> you grew up in Gaffney. Yeah. Um, and so for you, you kind of aged with everyone you knew. But, like, do you ever, like, are there people from your life that you haven't seen in, like, 8, 10, 15 years, but that, like, family reunions or something where all of a sudden y'all, like, come back together and it's like, I know you, I know you well, I may have grown up with you or we spent a lot of time together, but there's a large amount of time that has happened since the last time I saw you, like, a whole, like, decade. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, sort of. Because everybody from Gaffney still in Gaffney for the most part like it's like but you don't you only run into them occasionally right and so it's like weird this is awkward moments like uh. it's like your mind immediately flashes back to the last time you knew them and it's almost like you're operating from that point forward your mind can't can't prorate the gap yeah so that happened to you this weekend yeah and it screws with me like it screws with me when I do that like, <clears throat> and this is where I feel like an old man. Well. And so I expect people, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, my parents or somebody's like, yeah, like, I know exactly how you feel. Like, I've been there. So I worked at a summer camp when I worked at North Greenville when I was in college. For two years, I worked at this summer camp, Camp Marietta. It's now closed. It closed in 2015. So I worked there, and I believe it was summer 08 and summer 09. And um, and so several of the people, or actually it's a couple, a couple that met on camp and got married, they hosted this past Saturday reunion for just a couple of the years. Not all the years, but like a couple of the years. And, and I worked there on one of the years that was represented. And so they were just kind of hosting a reunion for a lot of us that worked together. Because when you work together 24-7 for a whole summer, you get pretty close to some of these people, right? You develop some strong relationships and have some funny experiences and stories and stuff. And so that in itself already makes me feel like, you know, a Vietnam vet going to tell war stories, right? It's like, man, remember, remember that when? time that kid pooped on you, yeah. right? And it's like, it's funny, but then it's like, you realize, like, I'm that guy. I am now that guy that the only thing we have in common is experiences from a decade and a half ago. And um, so anyway, Saturday morning, I'm getting up to go to this reunion and it screws with me. Like I told my wife, I was like, I'm not in the right headspace. Like I, I get anxious. I just feel weird. There's something weird about it. And I can't, if I could tell you exactly what it was, I, I would. But my wife was like, what's wrong? Like, what is it about this that messes with you? And I was like, I don't know. And I don't want to talk about it. Because I don't have words for it. I cannot put into words what it does. All I'm telling you is it puts me in a really weird headspace. And um, and so anyway, so I'm, I'll tell you the funny part. So I'm going, I stop at the gas station to get gas before I head out of town. And I'm in such a bad headspace, I fill up the gas tank and forget to take the nozzle out. I drive off and rip the gas station line off the gas pump. And I get out, and I, like, halfway put it back together. There's some guy at the pump next to me staring at me. And he's like, you just pulled that out the machine. I was like, thanks, Copernicus. And oh, and so I'm, like, nervous. I'm anxious. Out. I'm sweaty. I'm 
you know? And so I put it back and I think it's fixed, but the moment I start to walk off, it falls. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm not, I'm not, mm-mm. hopefully they don't have cameras. I'm leaving. And I drive off. The moment I drive off, the Holy Spirit of God is like, Marty, you're a pastor. You're a dad. Like, you'd like to think you have integrity. Like, if your son was watching you right now, if your son drove off after ripping a line out, if you had a church member, if your wife was watching you, is that the integrity you want to live with? Like, is that who you want to be? Uh, and I said, yes, it is. And I kept driving. And you just kept no. going. And I you circled. went back and you took the hose, so there was I no circled. evidence. That's right. Got to take what's fingerprinted. Exactly. So I circled back to the gas station, tell the girl what happened. I apologize. She calls her supervisor to see if my information is needed. Thankfully, they were like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I apologized again, and I left. Right? So that's how I'm starting my morning off. I wake mm-hmm. up in a funk because I've got to go to this reunion with people I haven't seen in over a decade. Not knowing how that's going to be, kind of how that's going to feel. And then because I'm in a weird space, I do this ridiculous thing at a gas station. Anyway, but the moral of the story is I go there, and it was fine. I <laughs> knew a couple of the people. There's a lot of people that were there I didn't know because they worked at a different year than I did. And they didn't fall within the you know the two-year window. And so the people that I knew, I was able to reconnect with. And I sat there and had a great conversation with um, the former head of Cooking Javen and his wife. And so it was fun. Like, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed myself. Just sitting there, a bunch of people played volleyball. It was cool. But it's so strange. Because in my head, I know the last time we had an experience together was, um, was like literally a whole entire decade has passed. The 2010s have come and went mm. since the last time I saw you. Good last year. time I saw you was like 2009. And now it's 2012. Right, that was the equivalent. Like growing up, stuff that would blow my mind. That's the equivalent of me when I was a junior in high school seeing someone that I hadn't seen seen since the day I was born. Man, you old. I was born in '86, so if it was '02, I mean, it's a little bit longer. But that's the idea. It's like not seeing someone. It's like being a freshman in high school, which would have been like '01, '02. And not seeing someone that I hadn't seen since the late 80s. Like, in my head, that is in a freaking eternity. So how were you when you left? Like, once you left and you got home, <clears throat> yeah. what, was, what, was, what was the mental state of, of, of Marty? Also, more of the story is don't use pump for it, little cricket, because the hose doesn't work. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it's fixed now. I drove by yesterday, and somebody was getting gas from Pump Four. Yeah, that's funny because it was Pump Four. Was it legit? I just made that <laughs> it up. It was Pump Four. Shout out to the Little Cricket. <laughs> um, so, what was your what was your mental state of once you got home? What what was what was kind of happening? What give us a? I was pretty. So my wife had some crazy stuff going on that she ran into somebody that we hadn't seen in a long time. And so like she was telling me about this person that she had ran into. So she had a kind of a crazy experience too that day. And so we were kind of talking about it. But like emotionally I was I was kind of done. Like it was just like I guess it would be some form of anxiety, right? I'm a mental health professional. I should be able to diagnose this. Because it's it's like anxiety, but it's not the whole mind racing anxiety. It's like mind fog anxiety. So I don't know what you call it. So it's like there's a lot of adrenaline pumping, there's a lot of like this static energy of like I don't know how the day's going to go kind of nervous like I want it to go well want to see some people I want you know I want to kind of connect with these people and then 
so and um so anyway, so I get home like I'm just tired. Like um we just chilled. I just chilled and watched T V, watched the race, just watched some football. So all right, so I got a I got a I got a thought and I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hit me it goes hand shot. in hand with what you just it's actually funny that you tell this story because it was a thought I had in session the other day. And the thought was I think that's how you start every conversation. I thought about this in a counseling session the other day. I did think about it. It's to the point now that like You don't even pay attention. You just sit down and write thoughts. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I I want to continue to engage the session, but I I will put on my hand the thought how many thoughts that came up to remember. So like if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm like if I say I got my leg up and I think of something that could be I mean it could be beneficial for them as well. It's not just random. <laughs> I usually have a cup. I'll put like two, like two fingers on my leg to remember, continually remember that I had two thoughts so you're because I don't have a pad in front of me. You're sitting over there making up sign language. <laughs> I'm over here throwing like you're baseball a catcher. Signs. Like you're a catcher. I'm throwing Be like, baseball signs. You want me to throw a strike? No, I'm over here solving world hunger. Right? Yeah. Uh, is is this a breaking? Just like categories. Two words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two. So if if if, if it's you two uh, down, they if, were negative. If you see that, if you're one of my patients and you see that, if I, I if I'm ever talking to you and you start holding up numbers, <laughs> just slide. Anyway, so this was what this that was All one. Right. This is one of my two that I had on my yeah. on my hand, and it was, can you have identity without relationship so and what i mean by that is the thought process that you can you can find yourself or the thought process that you can find or become your own person your own identity you without being involved in relationships around you is that possible or not possible and then i'll tie in a little bit of what your story reminded me of and the thought process i have but that's the first initial question. What? What do you mean by identity? Like when you say, like, who is Marty? Or who is like when you when somebody's like, like I'm trying to find myself. Yeah, if I, I'm trying to find myself. So if somebody walks mm-hmm. in a session, I need to find who I am. I need to find my identity. I need to find like I need to be me, and f- discover who I am as a person. Yeah, very flow and language of 20th century can you do that without relationships i feel like this is just a different way of asking the old nature versus nurture question like what influences you most like the genetics you were born with or the nature that you lived in yes and no because this this one is more of an adult, young adult, adulthood type question. Even even forward, like you can. So here's my here's my thought. I don't think you can form identity without relationship at all. Like, but not only that, I feel like the relationships you have in your life are going to end up forming your identity. 
regardless if it's the complete opposite of those relationships or exactly the same as those relationships. Because it's reactionary. Yeah. It could be reactionary. And so that's... So that's my thought because what I was thinking. So through, what you're saying is, inter- societal interactions, the relationships of your life, are fundamental to your development. Yeah, and your identity. Like the the people that you the your relationships in your life is going to form who you are, no matter what. Well, I mean, yeah. Whether opposite or this, like in the sense. Yeah, of, but I don't. I think you can uh, you can uh, you can form identity outside of that. How? If you took somebody Tarzan. Man grew up in the jungle. You really just used a fictional character. Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He did great. <laughs> I mean, you can't just throw out somebody who's who's not real. Man, Buzz really did well without Woody for the little bit. Can we can we <laughs> <laughs> man said Tarzan, like that, like he came in last, yesterday at eleven. Jeez, uh, it could work. No, it couldn't. <laughs> no, it couldn't. It couldn't at all. All right, but that's in theory. Think about <laughs> Tarzan. <laughs> no, in theory, I'm not thinking about Tarzan because he's a fictional character. Oh, Let's use actual. <laughs> That's not gonna. I don't know if that's gonna really prove your point there. If 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 we do that, listen, he did great. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm getting at is, you could take a person. <clears throat> all right, there's actually. Okay, there's studies on this. All right, follow. Let me redeem myself. Yeah, you better hope so. All right, let's come up with a new name. Picture a little girl named Marzan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jane. No, no, they've, <laughs> Jane. no, they've done research. Okay, so if you look at, there's been some research. I want to say it was in Russia. It was in a third world country or Russia or it was somewhere. I don't know. Where um, children were cared for in an orphanage. And so uh, at some level, you cannot raise somebody in the absolute complete absence of relationship because that person would die. Mm-hmm. Mainly because they're little and they can't feed themselves. Right, so there's an assumption there that food is provided, mm-hmm. but like there's research on how children <clears throat> raised with the absence of healthy attachment or any attachment for that matter. Right, they were they were basically kept in cribs. It's not that they were mistreated. It's just in the setting. It was like the orphanage was overran. There weren't enough staff to care for the children, so the children basically grew up alone in their cribs, uh, and being fed. Very little human interaction. And then what were the effects that that had on those, on the personhood and the functioning of those children versus children that are raised in what we would deem a society as a healthily attached home, a healthily attached environment. Um, But even if you fast forward to the point the child can be self-sufficient, right? Let's pretend it's seven years old and it grew up. You know, some place where it learned how to forage and it learned how to, you know, to care for itself. And all of a sudden, all human interaction disappeared for all intents and purposes. It was completely isolated and alone somewhere and it survived. It managed to, you know, scrounge and find food and learn how to hunt, kill, eat, all that. That person would grow up and they would have an identity. Their personhood would be present. They'd just be freaking weird. But they would. They would be. They would become. 
that you wouldn't meet this person and be like, man, that's a person, but they have no identity. But they become what they're attached to. Like their identity would become whatever. So you're saying attachment isn't even necessarily a person. No. That so relationships so a relationship or an attachment can be things that are not humans as well. Okay. Do not use Tarzan. Do not <laughs> use Tarzan. Okay. Apes do not count. I mean, I guess they could. But even like interests and attachments, because relationships mainly mm-hmm. it's just like you, you become what what you're around, you become what you like, you become what you're invested into. In the sense of so take the same person. Say they got interested in whatever. Sports, music, yeah, whatever. They're going to be in like they're going to be heavily involved in these things. And those things their are identity shape is them. going to sh- yes. Yeah. So they're going to be <clears throat> shaped by this attachment. Okay. And so well, when you put it that way, Okay, so I wasn't thinking about attachment to inanimate objects or nature in general. Nature's not even an inanimate object, right? That's a living, breathing, like interactive thing. You can grow a plant. So we can right? change it to attachments. So, yeah. And so is your identity formed by the attachments of your life? Yeah. That, I would say, absolutely. Because you're right. You can't grow up and isolate. Like, I mean, even freaking Helen Keller, like most of her senses didn't work. Yeah. But she still had attachments in her life that ultimately influenced her. Right. Um, despite all odds. Right. But so, I was, yeah, I mean, because it's because it is kind of like the whole like you born with it. Or are you ready? Like the nature versus nurture. Like you cannot not be influenced by your environment. It's impossible. Right. right. That's my whole debate. Like not to go on a rabbit trail about like faith. Like, do you really believe what you believe because it's true, or do you really believe it because you've been told it's true your whole life and you've been influenced That's by your it? Environment. And yeah. if you were raised in um, Pakistan and you were told that Muhammad was king, and you had been raised in a Muslim tradition your entire life, yeah, right? Or if you were raised in um, any other—I can't think off the top of my head—Islamic tradition your whole life. Or if you'd been raised in a Buddhist tradition your whole life, would you come to believe that is equally as true because of the influence of the world around you? Or because, biased, I believe that Christianity, not only have I been influenced from it culturally or by my family, but I also do believe it is true. Like, would I still, would I still discover it as truth even if I was surrounded by something else? Like, I don't, like... Yes, you cannot n- not be influenced by the world around you. Okay, so here's my here's my I got two follow up questions. You ready? Okay. Hey, listen, we got thirty seconds. Get them out. So my two follow up questions. Number one is based off of your situation. Which one? The one, which situation? Where <laughs> Tarzan? My no. reunion thing? No. Yeah. Yeah. So based off of your reunion thing. Yeah. Based off of what we just said about being influenced by your environment, mm-hmm. do you think your headspace that you talked about being out of was really an identity shift because you are a different person <clears throat> yeah. in that environment? Mm-hmm. And you're you're and what you're doing is almost like you're mentally 
shifting identities because in this environment you were Marty in North Greenville, mm-hmm. but you feel weird because your your identity now is not that identity anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna pull a Josh answer here. Oh no. Yes and no. Okay. Um, so in psychology there is this thing called state dependent learning. You okay. familiar with that? They talk about it in drug no, and alcohol. Let's hear it. So state dependent learning is <clears throat> you best recall um information in the state in which you learned it. All right, I'll give you an example. If you study for a test sitting at your kitchen table, even if you go take that test at school, even if you do really well, you would recall the most amount of information if you took the test sitting back at the kitchen table because that's the state in which you learned it. Like all all the stimuli that surround you in that moment. And that's why sometimes schools can accommodate certain disabilities, certain academic needs of children. So for example, if the student studies while listening to music and earbuds, sometimes students can then be permitted to take the test while listening to that same music and they actually have a better recall. Uh, a recall because of it's you're bringing a familiar state to the, the and really they use that in drug and alcohol because yeah. how many times have you heard a person say I can't dance until I get a couple drinks in me yeah. that's not true like your dancing ability is just as good sober if not better than it is intoxicated but if you only ever d- dance when you are intoxicated you come to believe that that's where the skill exists and there is this weird state of when you start to become intoxicated like it unlocks some potential that you feel like isn't there because you're entering into the state to which it's best recalled. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And I know so what you're talking about. I where I'm now moving to is <clears throat> when you have a, an experience or a location or a period of your life that's predominantly defined by, you name it, and then you leave that, right? Because you're right, your personhood develops throughout a lifetime. Yeah. And then when you go back to that place, yeah. without even thinking about it, you almost return or are tempted to return to the personhood that defines you in that moment. Like I remember being in college. So I left high school and I went to college and like that four years, there's a tremendous amount of maturity and experiences and personal development that happened for me, but it never failed. Cause I remember this going back home and it always perplexed me because when I went back home, I felt like the growth that I had at college oftentimes wouldn't follow me. And like some of the temptations, some of the struggles, some of the ways I interacted with friends, some of the things I wanted to involve myself in were true of like college, uh, high school Marty, but were not true of college Marty. But when I went back home and hung out with those friends again, like that's where I returned to. It's like I returned to the role in which they knew me in. Right, So I say that to say where I think this is not 100% true, it kind of is, but not completely, is my work at camp was, if I can go back and say, what were the, when did your adult version of yourself first begin to present itself? And when I would say my adult version, that is funny and stupid, but tended to find myself in leadership opportunities, found myself in times where people would look to me for, for help, for support, for to kind of be the unspoken leader in a situation that first began at camp right 
a little bit in high school with some work that I did, but in camp, that's first when I became that, like, you're the mature one in the room. Like, you're the one that's helped leading this ship. They're looking to you for, like, support and, like, not even necessarily as an equal, but as a person with some authority who is, like, you're supportive and you're funny and you can have a good time, but, like, you're making sure things get taken care of. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it first started to expose itself there. Now, it's come a long way since then. Right? I don't look like the person I did then, and I'm sure there's some other, oh, 100%, there's some other aspects of me that have changed. But in returning there, I could be Marty of 2022, and it wouldn't have been terribly different than Marty of 2009. Other than I've been through a lot more experiences, um, I probably know a lot more, both whether it be professionally or personally or just through life. Um, but the role in which I had is actually somewhat similar. So it's almost like the the environment can can change, and you have a slight identity yeah. shift, which is probably the headspace you were in a little bit yeah. before you went. But you, I mean, you're not too far off. But I think where you're right, though, is I didn't know what to expect from them. That makes sense because I don't know who they are anymore. Yeah, like I knew who they were then. But I don't want to walk in and there's a 30-year-old man in front of me and me to assume he's still acting like the 18-year-old version of himself that I knew, you know, 13 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Like, these are people that I served with because I was a little bit older than some of them. So, legitimately, some of them were 18, 19, 20 years old. And I'm like 21, 22, right? It's not a huge difference, but back then it was. And... And so a lot of them, there was even a big majority maturity chunk between their high school seniors, graduating high school, freshmen, sophomore, and I'm graduating college. And so there's a big maturity jump there. And since then, like our maturities have leveled out a lot more, right? These are people that are now leaders in their church, leaders in businesses, running groups of people. They're parents of three, four children, right? Been married for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. You know, and so in some ways, it's like the, the I was wasn't nearly as worried about Marty. Who are you in this moment? As much as who are you, who are they in they this are. moment? Yeah. All right, that's a good one. Last question. Okay. And this one is more probably philosophical than anything, but so as I'm thinking through the power of your environment and how it shapes you, how it shapes your identity. It shapes who you are. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot of times where that pe- people want to feel more accepted in social support systems than to be their own person or to feel right or to like, they need that acceptance more than anything. So they will form to their environment to mm-hmm. feel that connection. People that will adapt. Yes. This is what this is why I think belief and faith are so powerful. Okay. Because I feel like the only time somebody breaks that environmental I guess control is when they have a shift in beliefs. They're that's different than their environment. So if you think through like if something you see it a lot, and you hear stories all the time about it. Like, oh, these, this person overseas, their family was a certain religion. They became Christian. Their family kicked them out. You know, they didn't have anybody anymore, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Like, that, 
I think it speaks to how powerful belief can be in your life to where like faith is one of the few things that can cause you to buck conformity. Yeah. And it can cause you to completely shift environments. It can completely shift how mm-hmm. um, you're living, your comfort, your social support. Like that's one of the only things that could pull you out of that mm-hmm. into a whole nother well, aspect. <clears throat> what that points to is like we're willing to conform and we will justify it as long as it never starts to to push on our core values. Yes. And faith, right? Like mm-hmm. our worldview is about as core as it gets. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when your core belief system changes, it's like you can no longer justify conformity that is contrary to your belief system. You can no longer justify conformity nearly as easily. I'll go with that. Yeah. So it kind of it kind of brings me to this like thought of belief, core belief or core value versus environment. And those are the two aspects. Mm-hmm. Those are the two main aspects of who you are that will create what we call and what we ident- or what we call identity. Like, yeah. what is your identity? And I feel like it's going to be your environment and in your mm-hmm. core beliefs. And they both feed off each other. And I think yeah. that's one of the angsty things about teens is they think, well, this is what I do, but it's not who I am. And they fail to realize who, like, who you are around impacts who you choose to be and who you choose to be impacts who you want to be around so i can tell you a lot about who you are based on what you're who you're around Mm -hmm. and then vice versa and they fail to make that connection Mm -hmm. yeah because you see it a lot in and it's kind of it's kind of i don't know maybe in marriages more than anything or, or relationships where one 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 or the other whether it's a spouse or boyfriend girlfriend whatever Mm -hmm. it is gets involved in a new support group say it's a work group or say it's a friend group or something and the other spouse starts to see them change yeah starts to see them conform to this group mm-hmm. whether it's for the good or for the bad yeah and that's that aspect of how much your environment and your support mm-hmm. system like influences you it also shows like truthfully oftentimes it's more obvious for other people that you're changing before mm-hmm. it's obvious to you for you yeah not to quote like contemporary Christian music, but there's the songs like it's a slow fade when black and white turns to gray. Like, and I mean, that's true for sin. That's true for just change in general. Like it's a very slow fade. Cause you're like, no, I just made this like one small shift. Like it's not a big deal. And you don't realize like it starts this cascade of events where like you can change as a person and you fail to see it because it's so slow and you're motivated by the acceptance maybe you're receiving and not seeing the compromise that's present in, in the process. Yeah. Not that the other people are bad people. Like they might not be asking you to change. It's just you're adapting to what you perceive that environment to need. Yeah. So, all right, man, we're out of time. That's a good thought. Thank you for redeeming it. my gas station experience. Yeah. So if anybody's going to the... Chesney Little Cricket, make sure to see if there's a brand new hose on (laughs) Plump 4 that's dedicated Uh, to you through... And listen, 
if the audio is bad today, then suck it up because we're posting this bad boy. Yeah, this will be number two. Try to, which is a whole different topic. Yeah, we this didn't even not what we it. talked about last week. The only thing repetitive is this delicious coffee. I'm about to get another cup. I know, me too. All right, guys. Until next time, y'all behave yourselves. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.